Hi, I'm Tony Kramer with RDO Equipment Company. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 143, and today we are going to be talking about John Deere Sea and Spray Select. Before we dive into the show, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the show on the many different podcasting apps that we're streaming this out to, such as Apple's podcast app. We've got it on Stitcher, Overcast, SoundCloud, as well as many others. While you're out there, drop us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. We've also released a new YouTube channel called Precision Ag Answers that I encourage you to go and check out. It has everything from basic walkthroughs to uh, in-depth tutorials on how to do things when you're out in the field, in the tractor, working with equipment, displays, or the operations center. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. Now with that, let's get back to the show. I'm very excited to bring back Aaron Hightower, who is an agronomist with RDO Equipment. Thanks for coming back on the show, Aaron. We had you on about a year ago talking about some technologies that can be adopted onto the farm. Um, I'm really excited to talk about uh, this topic today. This is another topic or another technology uh, that can be adopted, maybe not as easily as adopted as some of those other ones. But uh, before we get started, Aaron, why don't you just remind our listeners again, you know, um, kind of where you come from, what your background is and how you got uh, involved in the industry. Yeah, uh, so I am with RDO Equipment Company here in Washington and Oregon. I, uh, start, I've been with RDO for four years. Before that, I worked more on a resource management level of farm management. And so w- what I bring to the table is I kind of love looking at the farm as a whole living organism instead of that individual field or crop year. So with that, it made this new technology of the sea and spray select even more exciting for us uh, when you talk about some of our farming ground that we have in Washington and Oregon. Um, we are Dry land and irrigated land, but our dry land tends to have a fallow year every other year. So we have every other year where we're sitting there and we're just allowing that ground to rest, recuperate. And that's where the spring technology really comes into play will be in that fallow ground year where you have a lot of ground that's not producing a lot of economic product. Yeah, it is definitely a unique situation out there in uh, the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Oregon. Uh, Very different from here, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, kind of the region that I'm in. Um, You guys have a lot of fallowed ground year after year. Us here, um, kind of the Red River Valley, the upper Midwest, we don't, if we have fallowed ground, it's usually not a good thing. It's not, uh, it's not being fallowed for good reasons. So um, very unique situation. And that is where this sprayer, this new technology kind of comes into play. So let's just dive into it, Aaron. You know, what is John Deere Sea and Spray Select? So Sea and Spray Select is a program that they just announced earlier this year in 2021. And uh, we were lucky enough, our RDO equipment company, to get one of the beta testing models 
are some of the early early testing models here. And so we we have one of six machines. The machines are also being located in Australia, Kansas, and North um, and South Dakota. So we are we are getting the opportunity to see this work firsthand, kind of get to work out some of the kinks and see some of the potential things that we'll have to talk about when we talk about this sprayer. So what the CN spray select is, it uh, from from you know, half the way the sprayer back, it looks like a completely normal sprayer. It still has that exact apply nozzle that we've all become familiar with and has some of the exact apply technology. What changes is that there is a camera system now pre-reading as the sprayer is going across the field. And it's a pretty high-end product. Um, it has a lot of processors on it. It's pretty electronically advanced. But those, th what's also advanced about it is the the cameras are one camera per, I believe, every three nozzles. Um, while competitor CNC, you know, spraying models, spot spraying models are usually five cameras or five nozzles per camera. So we're we're looking at a higher concentration of cameras. A lot of its competitors will emit lights like a near infrared light or a new there's a newer model that does these blue lights. This is an actual camera. This is a real time red RGB camera, which allows it to uh, kind of do a little bit more processing. I see it maybe growing into itself sort of as as we go along with the technological advances. But as for now, it sees the color green and it sprays just just as it's some of its competitors do. Um, it, it, it is um, going to be an interesting piece of machinery to watch grow it as it as we continue on. And you actually bring up a good point there watching a piece of machinery grow. So this is not this is not a brand new sprayer by any means, but it is added technology onto uh, the current models or the the new, I should say, model year 22 sprayers um, with the the 412R, the new new labeling or new numbering. But this is technology added onto that sprayer, correct? Exactly right. Um, if you have C and spray select turned off, you're still able to do your pulse width modulating um, and you're still able to do turn compensation and all the items we've been talking about in the last uh, five or 10 years with with the uh, exact apply coming out. The sprayer itself, I really say it's three sprayers in one. If you want to do a traditional broadcast spraying like every other day of the week or, or like your old series, you know, four series sprayers, you can do that by changing the settings. If you want to do pulse width modulating, which is something we've all become comfortable with in the last five years, you turn on the pulse width modulating. And then on top of it now, if you want to do a select spraying where you're only selecting color variations of green, then you turn on the C and spray. And, and it's interesting because the CN spray works in a couple different ways. They have, which I kind of highlighted in my, in my Twitter account last month, they have it where it spot sprays as it sees green, but they also have what's called A plus B mode, where you're putting a light broadcast using pulse with modulating in nozzle A of that turret. And in nozzle B, it's adding an extra punch when it sees more green. And that's more useful in what we call burn down in fallow season. So what will happen is this time of year in March, April, May, as you as you start greening up, we're going to run that A plus B over a fallow piece of ground as it has 
a large green up. We're going to kill that off. And then we're going to come back through in May, June, July and put that spot spraying on. And that what that happens with that is couple fold. First, you're going to use less pesticide in that May, June, July as you're doing just the sea and spray. You're going to save up to 77% of your pesticide usage, which is the number one cost issue when you're doing fallow. You're not making money, but you're putting money on the ground still. It's going to reduce that cost. And also it allows you to change your pesticides. So what happens is you, your agronomist is getting up on a soapbox every two years and saying you should change your mode of, of kill so that you don't have uh, weed, you know, weed resistance or reed issues. But we can't afford this mode change because those other modes are expensive. Well, when you burn down once with your, your usual, I don't know, Roundup or whatever you want to use for that, that mode A, and then you go into the scene spray, all of a sudden you can change to a different mode of action that is usually more expensive because you're going to be using less overall. Yeah, that's I really like how you put that there. It's kind of like three, and, and the way that you explained it, it's almost even four sprayers in one. So you explain the fact that this sprayer can still be used in a traditional just pressure-type spraying you can turn on the pulse width modulation so you have the the taking advantage of the exact apply system. And then you have the two kind of see and spray models that you had talked about, just spot spraying where it is or the broadcast plus a spot spray to kind of give it that extra punch. And you kind of the you actually kind of dove into the next question I was gonna ask. What are the benefits of running a system like this? What is it? How is this system going to benefit the grower on that fallowed ground that, yeah, you're not getting any any revenue off of it. You're just putting money into it. How is this system going to help them in that situation? Uh, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that's four and one. I, I really had a thought the other day that it's a lot like the difference between grandpa's pocket knife and a Leatherman. Grandpa's pocket knife is still very usable, but you know, when you got your first Leatherman, you you upped your game a little bit. So it is the Leatherman of of spraying. I like um, that. <laughs> yeah. So so the benefits and concepts are kind of like first off, again, you're you're using less pesticide when you don't need it. So not only are you reducing your your operating costs, which all of us need to worry about, you know, farming is a game of sense, but also the environmental aspects of that. Um, you know, we are living in an in a time where people are watching over the fence and seeing how much you're spraying and are concerned about that. But also we have a weed suppression issue and it's it's rearing its head more and more every year that we're getting pesticide resistant weeds. And so this is the money and sense and environmental aspect of changing your mode, only spraying what you have to, you know, getting ourselves in a, in a situation where we are controlling 100% of those weeds and we're not having that, that weed uh, res pesticide resistance that it's becoming more and more an issue every day, plus greater control. You're having greater control of what you're doing out there instead of having to worry about you know, should I spray this field or not? Because is the weeds, are the weed pressures bad enough or not in this fallow ground? Do I need to wait an extra week? If I wait an extra week, will it be too hot and the weeds will have already started the dormancy? You're starting to really think about that more of a, a larger picture of 
it doesn't matter if it's it's cost effective or not because I'm only going to be using what I absolutely need. The only you know flat expense that is being used now will be the the running of the engine. You know that that fuel usage and depth usage and and the time of the person right driving across the field and taking out that variable rate of how much pesticide am I using. Yeah, that's those are all very good points and something that needs to be taken into effect when we talk about crop protection and you talk about the weed resistance and everything that we're dealing with. Now, before I dive into the last question here, I do want to ask you, Aaron, with everything, the way the camera system works and the benefits and everything, and the fact that it is to be used on fallowed ground, this technology is not going to be for every farm out there, correct? Definitely not, uh, not at the moment. In fact, deer has been very vocal that it is only to be used in these fallow situations. There's a reason why only five machines went out and they went out to very specific demographics of, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest, that Alberta, Canada region, Kansas, Australia, because we're the ones who do this fallow marketing or in the fallow management. And there is because that system has, you know, with every risk, there's a reward and every reward, there's a risk. We have a reward of this brand new sea and spray select program. The, the problem with the sea and or I guess it's not a problem, but, you know, the limitations of the sea and spray is you're not doing it in pulse width, width modulating. Uh, that pulse width, pulse width modulating has to be turned off for the sea and spray to work. So you're kind of going back to broadcast spraying. So, you know, it, it does have its risks that I, I think that deer is making sure that we don't get in over our heads. I wouldn't be surprised if that changes over the next few years as the technology starts catching up. But for now, it's, it's just fallow ground because we need to make sure that we don't accidentally take out a crop. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, both you and I know that with the advancements in technology and and where the ag industry is going, so this technology, this sprayer right now, or this setup, um, really meant for that that fallowed ground uh, type of application. But that's not to be said that sometime in the future there may be more technology added to it, or or different technologies that come out. So. I'm really excited to to see where this is going to go. I mean, we look back to the days of the the uh, cabless spray coops and and how crop protection was done with gallons and gallons of chemistry, and now we're using micro rates and cameras and all this other stuff. So it's really cool to see all of this stuff adapt and advance with the more and more technology that's out there. Right. And, and there's other limitations at the moment, too, which I see maybe being, re, you know, relaxed. Uh, first off, you can only use it during full daytime. So you have to shut it off 30 minutes before sunset and you can't turn it on until 30 minutes before uh, or 30 minutes after sunrise. So you have to be smack dab in the middle of that day. And it also can only be used at 12 miles per hour or below. So it kind of took all that speed that we were able to use with the pulse with modulating kind of back, sit back down because it's not pulse with modulating and because we don't want to overdrive those cameras. So, you know, there's a lot of limitations at the moment, but for, for the environment that we farm up here uh, with the fallow ground, these restrictions really aren't that restrictive for us. We, we typically don't spray a ton at, at night in the Pacific Northwest anyway. And also, you know, with the hills and the terrain that we have, we're not, running that fast in many cases anyway. So those, those restrictions kind of 
were, were not important to us in the Pacific Northwest and the value that it brings, but it, it could be problematic for other people who wanted to try to get creative and use this outside of the fallow environment. Yeah, and those bringing up those limitations, that's that, that actually leads right into my last question. So there's, of course, some limitations that you just explained as far as the application goes. Are there any compatibility limitations? Are there, is it only compatible with specific, specific options on these sprayers that are out there? Yeah, oh, there, there are quite a few, in my opinion. Uh, first and foremost, right now, there's no retrofitting kits. So even if you just bought an R-series sprayer in the last year and you want to retrofit it back, it's not retrofitable at the moment. Uh, you still do have to have the exact apply system put on, and that, as compared to its competitors, is a restriction that um, it does need to have the exact apply system reason they're doing that is because they need the A, B, A plus B system that the the exact apply has been become very known for. Um, it also is only limited to the 90 foot, 100 foot, and the 120 foot booms. So no bigger, no smaller. Um, and right now that pretty much is also limited to the to the metal frames. Um, there's, there's no putting it on the carbon fiber at the moment. Nozzling. If I had one Thing that was perplexing for me as I was using this in the in the field in the last month it's been trying to figure out the nozzling you know it's not uncommon for us in farming to have our two or three go-to nozzles and we use those two or three nozzles and life is great and we we dance happily at the end of the day because of the basically four different modes that this can be used in and the different requirements of the different chemistries nozzling is going to become more important than ever and you're going to need to talk with your professional about what type of nozzles is best or do a lot of homework um used to be even up to last year you you want to you want to do a not you want to choose a nozzle you go to the the you know the published chart and you look look it up and life is good and you know you know pretty well what you're getting yourself into with the sea and the spray, there there has been some changes in how nozzling works that we're still trying to work out how our recommendations are going to look. Most notably, the sea and spray has a lot of variation in pressure. As all of us know, when you select nozzles, you select it based off the pressure you're going to run. Well, that pressure is um, just as we're, we're learning the machine at this point it fluctuates a lot. Um, I could see that in a year from now, I'll be eating my hat and I'll be eating these words that we'll have figured out how that pressure is more consistent than we think it is. But at the moment, playing with it for the first month, the pressure has been something that is going to play a lot into how you're going to choose your nozzling and your nozzling system. And it may mean that you have to invest more in nozzles than you probably used to in traditional models of sprayers. Yeah, those are all very good things to bring up, especially the nozzles being an important factor of that uh, in any sort of an application situation. You want to make sure that you have the right nozzles selected. Now, getting the opportunity to run and see this sprayer out in the field, Aaron, is there any sort of a, a neat thing you'd like to share with us? I know that we don't really have a success story at this point, but uh, what's a, a neat piece of uh, information you could share with us about this sprayer that, that you really uh, enjoyed? Uh, you know, I, I really think that I um I had, I guess, the benefit of coming in with a little bit of experience on sea and spraying models. Um, 
We uh, in the Northwest are dealers for the Weedit technology. And in previously in previous employment opportunities, I dealt with the Weed Seeker, which was very old school, 15 years ago, versions of this technology. Um, and it's interesting to see how much the premise has changed. And, you know, at, at first glance, when you've spent a lot of time around this and you hear what Sea and Spray is, you're like, oh, come on, that's been, that's been on the market for years. But uh, there's still a lot of advancements to it. First, the level of sensitivity at which it sprays, it's much different than the pe previous pieces I've worked with. Um, and the other thing is uh, when I used to work with the weed sticker technology 15 years ago, we had to calibrate that sprayer four, six times a day, maybe eight times a day. Um, and this is calibrated once a season. Um, so that alone, the amount of time you're saving, trying to get the, the piece calibrated is, is spectacular. And the other piece of that I think is interesting is when I worked with that older technology. So of course I'm comparing, you know, if iPhone one to the iPhone 20 as an, ex uh, as a comparable example, but Back with the weed seeker, when we had a dusty environment, which the Pacific Northwest is a incredibly dusty environment, when we got dust on that lens of that camera, it was done. That sensor was not going to read. It was not going to spray. It thought it saw brown, brown, and brown. What I really like about the C and spray select is you have settings in there where you can say, if you don't know if you're reading right or not, spray. Or if you don't know if you're reading right or not, don't spray, which allows you a controllability so that if you're in this dusty environment, you know, we're heading into a, a world class drought in certain regions of the Pacific Pacific Northwest this year. We're incredibly dusty, knowing that you're still going to get that spray coverage with this new technology because you can say, OK, spray if you don't know is an advancement in this technology that I thought was very interesting and very dynamic and allows us to work around the ever-changing spraying environment, climatic changes that happen from year to year. Yeah, so there again we talk about, it's kind of neat hearing your background and your history coming in with some previous history of uh, of other manufacturers systems similar to Sea and Spray Select, and we talk about just the advancements in technology and, and where how progressive agriculture is with these. So really cool to hear those stories. Now, if somebody wants to learn more about Sea and Spray Select, where can they go? Who can they talk to? Well, you know, obviously following John Deere as they make their announcements, uh, both on their YouTube page, their, their, you know, social media is a great way to start. Um, they're, they're still kind of ironing out some, some of the wrinkles, uh, pre ordering of the sprayer starts later this summer. So they're probably, they'll probably be coming out with announcements for that soon. Uh, and obviously spending some time with your RDO equipment, uh, account manager, learning about that technology, working with us, the agronomists of RDO to figure out whether it's a good fit or not, because this is one of the first pieces of technology where the answer is it may not fit your operation and we need to have that conversation with you. So, you, you know, just uh, visiting with your RDO equipment company, or you can see us at rdoequipment.com. 
I just want to thank you, Aaron, for taking the time to join me again on the podcast and talk about Sea and Spray Select. Uh, It's always fun learning about this new technology, and uh, it'll be fun to see the growing season go on as you guys get to work more with this technology out there in the Northwest. So thanks again for doing this. Yep, thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. If you have questions about the technology and products discussed, or have ideas about future episodes, please leave them in the comments below. You can also subscribe to RDO's YouTube channel and be in the know about each episode, or tune in on any streaming service. Thanks again for listening.